seats, and I'm glad you're having a good time. For some people, this is hard time, two largest, the longest minutes ever. Thank you. Thank you for coming this morning, and I want to say hi as well to all the people that is uh, following us on, on this live streaming. I, the snow has been an interesting experience for us just arriving. This is not our first snow, but it's certainly the driving experience. It's getting there. So... I'm, I'm happy for that. My name is Isai Garcia. I'm church planter in Bridgeton for this LFA church. And I'm so happy to be here this morning. I, I have the privilege to share with you the next verses in our series um, of Colossians, God in Ordinary Moments. We believe that Paul um, wrote this letter to the Colossians. And it is so applicable. It works for us in this day, just as it did for the Colossians back in the day. So today, I'm going to be sharing, if you have been, in some of the times I've been preaching, you know I'm going to bring a missionary story. I, I do that. So I'm, I'm bringing one today. It's one of the classics. You may have read it before. So this is called the pineapple story. Okay? This is the, the, the theme we're going to be working today. It's called the gospel wildfire. So, and we are talking about how the gospel just keeps going. It's in its nature to grow. But... There is something that needs to happen, and we're going to talk about this. So there is this missionary called uh, Otto Koning, and Otto Koning went again to West Papua, Indonesia. It's none of them. It's none of these guys, but it's a little bit lighter in skin. But Otto Koning went to this tribe in Indonesia, uh, West Papua, and he, um, he did everything that was supposed to be doing. Uh, one of the missionaries in this time, he said, and his wife said, um, clinic, first thing. They set a store where they could exchange some salt and some other things for, with, the, with the people there. So the people came from the jungle to live near Otto and his wife. But he did one extra thing that not all missionaries used to do in the time. He planted a garden of pineapples. So when he planted this garden of pineapples, it came rooted in his heart about that. If you have ever had experience to plant pineapples, it's crazy. My, our, our family, uh, we had one for three years, and we thought, like, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to die. It, and suddenly, after three years, it started blooming and blooming, and then we had one pineapple after three years. <laughs> and we ate it like, whoa, it was, uh, but it was for us, it was amazing, <laughs> right? So same, Otto had been waiting for three years. He hired one of the local people to do his uh, planting, and everything was okay. 2.9 years, and all the pineapples were stolen. What? He was craving for those pineapples. He wanted to have them. And now he has none. He started to find out who did it, who did this. And he asked the villagers, no, I didn't do it. So he was, he was angry. It was his right. He planted those pineapples, and he wanted to eat them. Then he decided he was going to teach a lesson to the tribe, and he close the clinic for a moment and that was not nice the people was very ill and he was not doing that he found out later that it was the same person who had planted the pineapples who had eaten he who stole them basically and he went and confronted him why did you do that i pay you to do this to plant these pineapples and he said law of the jungle if i plant them i eat them so wow okay okay i I am missionary here. I'm not supposed to be mad. I'm learning their culture. They don't have to adjust to me. So he went again and he said, well, I'm going to pay you again 
to plant pineapples he brought from another missionary field. He brought them in. Three years later, of course, the pineapples were taken. Oh, he had enough of this. His pineapples, he, they were, he was just craving those. And he closed the clinic and the store. And the people said, well, you know what? Since we don't have anything here, we just go back to the jungle and live in our huts again. And there he was eating pineapples alone by himself, enjoying the pineapples, right? And he said, well, this is, we could eat pineapples in the States. We don't need to do that here. We don't even come to eat pineapples. So, okay, I'm going to go ahead and reopen the, the um, clinic and reopen the store. And as soon as he did it, pineapples were gone again. He was mad. He was angry. Of course, he has been telling about Jesus to these people. He has been telling about the gospel to these people. But this was deep in his heart. How they dare to do this to me. So he went. Uh, when people finally realized, like, you know, he was, he was not going to do anything about that. They, they took all the pineapples. And he even had big dogs that he let loose in the field. So, you know, people were, were scared. He had enough, so he went back to the States as a, uh, for vacation. And in one conference, he heard about, you know, he, he reaffirmed his call. He heard about Jesus uh, transforming lives and giving everything to God. And he went back to the missionary field. And this time, he did something a little bit different. He's, he gave the pineapples to God, and then he said, well, God, if you want, want to take care of those pineapples, those are yours. They're not mine anymore. And when the villagers, the tribesmen, start to see that change in this missionary, they ask him this question. To one, did you become a Christian? <laughs> what? He had been a missionary for at least seven years. Now two pineapples, three years, one more. He had been missionary there. He had been telling about Jesus. And when he came back with this change in his heart, he started acting they ask him this question, did you just become a Christian? What? This is amazing, what happened? And so he said he was ready to teach them, to tell them that he, was, he had been a Christian for 20 years plus. But that was not, that was not what happened. He was impacted by the, the way they, they saw the difference between what he said and what he spoke. Something similar happens here when, when we hear about Paul and Timothy talking about to the Colossians about the gospel. First thing he says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. First, we have to note that it's Paul, there is Timothy, and there is Epaphras, maybe others. Epaphras, as, as we saw last week, comes from Colossae, and he's reporting back what's going on. So Paul's first thing he says, we give thanks to God every time we pray for you. And I think it's important to notice, give thanks to God. Because when you hear somebody doing something spiritually uh, or even something nice, first thing that comes to the mind is, I'm going to congratulate that person because he's doing something good. But Paul says, we always, always give thanks to God. He's acknowledging where these good things come from. And that's a very important thing to, to acknowledge. So they were praying for the Colossians and they were giving thanks to God because what he was doing there. But what was this thing that he was doing? He was 
doing an amazing thing because faith and love is, are the words that come here. So they were praying for them. They were giving thanks to God. And they were amazed by the faith and the love they, they were able to show. But here's, this is very important. And this is not new. You can go and, and, and hear somebody saying, I have a lot of faith. But you cannot see that faith unless it's shown somehow. And this is, this, again, this is not new debate. James even had a rough time uh, writing this, his letter because they 